I was going to do like a good morning Vietnam-esque good morning Cyprus, but there isn't enough syllables in Cyprus. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, yeah. If you could just fix that, that'd be real good. I'd, I'll, I'll have a think about it. I'm sure there is in some sort of language. <laughs> um, yeah. We need something with a good, uh, what, Vietnam. So a good three syllables would do it. I, I'll take a note. So anyway, how are you? How are you, Tabitha Jemima? I am tired, actually. This has been an extremely busy week. It appears that everything that needed to happen this month happened this week. Uh, and so I had all sorts on this week. And it's I'm off work today. This is a Friday for us when we're recording. It'll be a Monday when it's released. Uh, but it, it's good to have a little bit of time. And I'm, I'm really enjoying slowing down and looking forward to the weekend ahead. Excellent. I mean, we are we are moving closer now to a sort of live streaming, aren't we? Uh, fr- Friday. I mean, that, yeah, on Monday. Yeah. This is a Friday to Monday. Yeah. Wow. Um, we could. I mean, well, interesting point. I'll get onto it properly in buying, but I did acquire some new uh, stuff for the iPad. So there's a possibility of doing more uh, recording stuff on the iPad. So we'll get to that later. Oh, exciting. Mm. How are you doing? More importantly, I'm all right. I'm, similar to you, it's been unexpectedly busy. Um, I had a couple of sort of things that weren't going to happen, and then suddenly were happening. And uh, well, the day this goes out, uh, uh, Claire is on vacation. <gasps> I know. Who knew? <laughs> um, she <laughs> she twisted my arm, threatened legal action, and she's finally taken a day off, uh, or in fact two. So. Uh, we had to have a catch-up call this Good. this morning and make sure that um, I was doing something constructive because usually I don't have to bother. Um, <laughs> and the, yeah, the pressure's on. Yesterday, actually, somebody, a uh, long-time customer, commented on the Facebook post. Said, well, Stuart, are you so allergic to the post office? Um, I, I'm not sure if this person's picked up that I've, I've emigrated. But um, <laughs> Claire very kindly went back and said, be a long way to come just to go to the post office. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been really busy. I'm, I don't know if we touched upon it, but we had, um, the, the field notes release, uh, autumn. Yes. The autumn trilogy. Uh, yeah. The little, the leaf stamped ones, the really, really pretty ones. Yeah. That one has sold for us, uh, more, we've sold more of that edition than we've sold all field notes all year. Um, oh, what? that's <laughs> it! Just substantially, it just went <laughs> bananas. Um, uh, we work with uh, the guys that used to run Bureau Direct. They now run um, a newsletter called Nanosphere, uh, and they they're uh, very kindly uh, pushed pushed our link for for Autumn because we 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 went big. We got a large stock in. Um, little did I know we didn't go nearly big enough but hey um <laughs> yeah you went small and then when you look at it now well yeah i sort of went i uh, went oh that's that's quite a chunky order oh oh they are selling quite uh, quite literally at one point we were selling a pack a minute um <laughs> so, okay um, i'm gonna do that big order again um and yeah uh, and then we kept selling at a pack a minute um and so then i did a third order <laughs> um of well, it was bigger than the first two orders put together. Um, and, and that finally appears to have satisfied demand. Um, 
to a certain extent at least so yeah it's been very very busy for claire obviously i've just been sitting there rubbing my mm. hands in some sort of shylock-esque manner <laughs> um, yes waiting to, to swim through your pools of money yeah indeed and now um various and sundry suppliers <laughs> are, are coming in saying oh yeah well we've got this for the holiday season and that for the holiday season and uh that money i thought i had it's all gone oh well there you go um so yeah easy come yes been been very busy uh we've had uh uh we had flash floods here in cyprus yesterday i saw yeah bits of um bits of my favorite restaurant got sort of washed into the sea um oh well that's not great no no i mean it was uh it was it was extraordinary um we personally we didn't get hit too bad um as far as i can work out my my house isn't leaking anywhere so um, it was more of a sort of spectacle for me, but Margaret is, um, when, oh, I don't know, 20 odd years ago, uh, Margaret was in Sicily and, uh, the way she does it, she came out of the shower, uh, walked into the dining room, uh, where a lightning bolt came through the window and destroyed their central light fitting. Uh, so, oh, wow. That's, <laughs> she, yeah. she has a perfectly rational fear now of lightning, um. And so she, I mean, they do say it doesn't strike, strike twice, but maybe because it went for the light fitting rather than her, then she hasn't had her once yet. So, Well, indeed. And then yesterday we were walking around um, in a field with bags full of uh, lightning conductors, which um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not necessary. And then you put them above your head, isn't that? Every, every sort of three or four minutes you go four and stick it above your head <laughs> as the tallest object apart from trees that is metal. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, a famous golfer did once say, uh, a guy called Lee Trevino, uh, said, if if lightning is in the area, hold up a one iron, um, because not even God can hit a one iron. Um, a, a, a one iron is a very, very difficult club to use. Um, and, and no, no amateur. A oh, good bit of golf humor. Yes, well, there you go. No, no amateur golfer would ever carry one, but um, yeah, carry a one iron. So that, that was a little bit nerve wracking when you hear the thunder in the distance. Mm. You think, mm. Yeah, so, oh, look, big, big things of metal. Maybe not going to touch these for a while. Yeah. Uh, but no, having said all of that and, and whinged unnecessarily in a very British fashion about the weather, uh, the sun is now cracking the flags um, and it's, uh, it's 22 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, Fahrenheit centigrade. Uh, so that's probably, I don't know, it's probably in the 80s, isn't it? I would have thought something like that, low 80s. So it's yeah, it's in around there. Very pleasant. Very nice. Uh, and yeah, here I am recording a, a normal time of day. I'm not asleep. Um, obviously, it's having a drastic effect on the drinking section. Um, <laughs> what, it's like about noon for you, isn't it? Just coming up to noon? Uh, yeah, yeah. It'll be noon in a little while. Um, you'll, you'll notice when it's getting towards uh, one o'clock because uh, lunch is at lunchtime and lunchtime is one o'clock. Always, invariably, without exception. So uh, when it comes to about 10 to one, you'll suddenly hear me go, and I've been Stuart Lennon. Uh, and before you've had a chance to hit peace, hit the stop button. I'll be upstairs having my lunch. No. It'll be good. We just leave it running. It's like a nice ASMR kind of thing. Well, I just go home and you leave it running, and we hear you eating. I don't know. Oh, well, meze and sandwiches or something upstairs. <laughs> meze and sandwiches. There we are. That's the northern Northern Irish Cypriot mashup fusion. There. <laughs> That's the cuisine we we need. Uh, a meze sambo. <laughs> right, I suppose we'd better get on with it, really. So, uh, what are you writing with or on? 
So I've been using it a few bits and pieces, mostly uh, what's easy to hand. As I said, busy week, so it's not a, a week of a deliberate choice for many things. So I was using the Bicmatic, which is a little cheap plastic mechanical pencil uh, made by Bic, surprisingly. Uh, it's actually really decent. You can get them in a pack of five or six for a couple of quid. They're not expensive at all. And they are disposable, so you could technically refill them. But the way that Bic kind of markets them, it's not really a reusable item. Uh, and they, they definitely get seen, you know, crushed in pencil cases and abandoned in classrooms and things like that. So I'm enjoying it a lot because it's just cheap and easy. And I found it in the office and I've been using it. Um, it's not nearly as fancy as the other mechanical pencils I have, but there's something pleasant about it just when you pick it up and, and write it because it's close to hand. Lovely. Very nice. And what are you writing on? Usual show notes type stuff? Or, of course, show notes are electronic. Yeah, now. so show notes... Show notes are digital, um, so I should actually start writing those. Um, I've got the note in front of me, but I haven't written anything yet. Um, uh, so show notes are digital, and I've been writing my Norderly, which is almost done. I was writing it yesterday. Uh, and then just scraps and post-it notes and bits and pieces. Uh, I find that a lot of the notes that I make in work are quite ephemeral, so they'll they'll be written on, referenced, and then plugged into something, and then recycled. So I have a big recycle bin, so I just put all the paper back in there. Excellent. Jolly good. Well, uh, I'm, uh, what am I? I'm, I'm still with my Pelican Star Ruby, which I think we, we spoke about before. Um, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's such an ideal little size. It's stainless steel nib, so it's fairly robust up for most things. Um, and I'm still in my Pebble uh, Glacier, or Glacier, um, which is the limited edition of Tamari River Paper. And I bought the really... Uh, well, when I say bought, that's not strictly true. Uh, I'm using the really nice posh uh, leather cover that uh, they produce. So this is Saffiano leather uh, in a dark blue. Uh, and for, for those people who are as sad as me, I've I've also switched into a dark blue leather Bellroy uh, wallet. And Oh, very nice. Uh, I've seen Bellroy stuff before. Mm, well, and in my hand next to my Star Ruby Pelican is my Coral Blue um, Pelican M800. Uh, so there's quite a lot of blue going on here. I'm coordinated in a way that's frightening even me, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but uh, there you go. Uh, sometimes nice to look a bit fancy. Um yeah, and yeah, I'm I'm actually tearing through my my bullet journal now, which will, I think, just about see me to the end of the month, uh, which is ideal because then a whole new world of journaling and books and stuff starts. Uh, yeah. November for me is always huge because it's when I start um, getting really serious about what I'm going to do for the next year. Uh, it's when I change over uh, all sorts of systems and books. And I, I'm just writing a blog post on it now, which will probably be live by the time this goes out, but uh, it'll be on Nero's notes. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going for a sort of two diary and a journal system for next year. Um, Ooh. Completely away from a simple bullet journaling thing. I've, I've gone the other way. Uh, and Yeah, you've gone from one book that captures everything mm, to many books that capture some things. Yeah, and a lot of digital systems as well, encouraged by you and... Um, yeah, the most ironic thing is the two diaries that I'm going to be using, neither of them do I sell. 
says, these are great, but you can't buy them. Yes, honestly, I, I despair. I mean, one of them is an Economist diary, which, uh, as the name might suggest, is sold by The Economist. Um, and that's a, that's a kind of aspirational thing. I've always... My first big boss used to sit at a huge desk with a big fountain pen and an Economist diary. And I think that sort of <laughs> stuck in my head as uh, as where I needed to get to. Um, so I, I thought I'd get one. And uh, I'm also getting a Hobonichi. Have you heard talk of those things before? Um, Hobon- yes, um, they are the Japanese style planners. That's it. Yes, they are Japanese. Uh, traditional ones come in A6, which is pretty small. Um, but it's Tomoe River paper. So, um, you know, a whole year sort of page per day comes to about, you know, a quarter of an inch. Um, <laughs> it's like Bible paper, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and selling those is a bit tough. You have to, um, you can sell them online if you have a retail store. Uh, so I don't know whether that's a kind of loophole or just some weird distinction they've drawn in their own head or whether it's um, the supplier in the UK, the distributor being slightly awkward. Um, and given that this is the same distributor that does Blackwing, I wouldn't put it past them. Um, so, yeah, we can't sell those. We did, uh, before I took the company over, they did sell them for a little while and then got their, their wrists slapped for um, breaching the rules. Uh, so when they say brick and mortar, how how sort of how many bricks? Yeah, like, um, could you? I had this conversation <laughs> with the distributor saying, "Well, you know, I because we did in fact set up uh, the old office. We you know we put a open sign on the door and published opening hours, yeah, and we drop in, and we did have customers. You know, uh, not many. I'll be I'll be honest, but we had a couple drop in and uh, and look at our wares uh, live, as it were. So I could have made the argument, but. You know, I'm, I really don't want to get into that sort of thing for the sake yeah. of one line. Um, and as I think I've touched on before, for, for us, diaries and planners are really risky area because particularly if they're from Japan, because they take a while to get here. Mm. Uh, so I go and buy 300 uh, and I don't know, they do a sale on their own site, making them 25% cheaper. Everybody buys from there and I'm left with 300 diaries for 2018 oops yeah the dating is probably the issue yeah whereas the other stuff is a bit more uh what's the term evergreen exactly so um they're quite sort of scary stuff to get into which is why we don't really do very much of it in Nero's. um but just a black sharpie you can turn that 2018 into 2020 no problem i well indeed and as long as you don't read japanese you won't <laughs> know that it says tuesday when you think it's wednesday yeah, so. that's it <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably, I'll probably get some complaints. That, Why do the week start on Thursday? Shut up and get on with it. Um, Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Japanese planner. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm using one of those, or I will be, uh, when uh, when my next care package gets here from Claire. Uh, and, yeah, that tends to be my first sort of couple of weeks of November army getting everything set up for, for the new year and ready to go. And there's lots of thought about productivity and planning. And um, I sort of disappear down all sorts of rabbit holes and, generally come up with fistfuls of expensive stationery that seems to be how it works <laughs> is that relative like i i think i remember that from last year how many years have you been doing that as a, a concept uh yeah it's probably um it's in its current state it's probably only uh four or five years but 
previous to that, yeah, uh, there was a whole corporate version of it that went on, um, usually with a brand called Daytime, which is another thing I don't sell, um, which is a sort of American binder system where you put in and out uh, all sorts of different types of paper. It's a, it's a Filofax-esque type uh, system. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I used to, to enjoy that. And it was it was a huge cathartic thing. We did talk about this when I actually threw away, mm. I suppose, about 10, 12 years worth of records. Um, just the end of all that corporate nonsense. Because it wasn't anything uh, personal. It was about, you know, meeting John at 11.15 and what John and I discussed and uh, legal yeah. notes and all that stuff. It was all bleh. Um, stuff that I'm best without, I'd say. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that's a that's a long answer to a simple question, wasn't it? Right. Uh, <laughs> what about watching? That's pretty much the podcast. <laughs> yes. Sorry, about that. Thanks very much. I'm off for lunch. No. Uh, watching. You watching anything good? <laughs> yeah, I was watching um, last night when I got home from work. Disenchantment, Ooh. which I keep calling disenfranchisement. Cham- Disen- Dis- disenfranchisement. No, I've. What? I've completely <laughs> lost the, the plot. Disenfranchised. The show is called Disen. Yes, right. So the show is called Disenchantment, and in my head, I always conflate it with Disen fries. Nope. <laughs> yes, what? I'll have fries oh. with that. Thank you very much. <laughs> I always keep calling it Disenfranchisement, and that's not what it's called. It's called Disenchantment. It's the same people who made The Simpsons and Futurama, and it's kind of like a fantasy esque sort of adult cartoon show. It's really good fun, but. It's called disenchantment. I always call it disenfranchisement. You still haven't got to it, have you? Uh, Disenfranchisement. I, st- I still disen. Yeah, doesn't matter. I'm not going to say it because then then I will finally come full circle. <laughs> so I've been watching that. It's really good fun. There's a second season on Netflix. It's uh, kind of The Simpsons, but a little bit more adult humor, uh, and it's good crack. And then I went to see Zombieland Two the other day, which was actually really really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, Zombieland One would be up there with sort of the the better modern zombie movies and i'm on a real zombie kick at the minute and i mean i've been on a zombie kick for the guts of 15 years but <laughs> uh zombieland when it first came out and it was probably oh, seven or eight years ago maybe maybe more the first one came out and it's a very modern look at, at zombies there's kind of uh, floating 3d titles that are that are motion tracked into the scene there's kind of breaking the fourth wall a little bit it's really really good and the second one was equally good same kind of thing i mean it wasn't revolutionary in what it did but it was good fun and i, I sat through it smiling i'd had another you know busy day and going to the cinema and sitting and watching something that was just really good fun is extremely beneficial and the best part like the original one had uh for whom the bell tools i think which is a metallica song again metallica has <laughs> been part of my life for 20 odd years uh, that was there's an amazing scene in the intro i'll put it in the show notes of Zombieland where they play for whom the bell tolls, they throw a zombie into a church bell. That ringing sort of syncs up with the music. It's brilliant. In the second one, they have Master of Puppets, which is arguably the most famous Metallica song. And that is kind of their intro uh, song. So they've gone back to Metallica and they, they basically shooting zombies to Metallica is a 14-year-old me's version of heaven. <laughs> yeah, it's very good fun. It sounds like the current version of you quite enjoys it. <laughs> I mean, I'm partial. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Well, I, <laughs> but yeah, I'll put it put it in the show notes. I, I've been watching. Uh, I don't watch any sort of fiction anymore, because um, British politics is well uh, stranger than fiction. Brexit. It's all going terribly well. I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I like the the letters sent, and the, I'm not going to sign this one, but I'm going to sign this one. And this one actually tells you not to do this one, and it's 
It is a really fascinating time. What is the phrase? You know, may you live in interesting times. Yeah, we do. We that's for sure. I think we can agree that. Yeah, the chicanery. Um, I mean, it's honestly like being in a playground full of precocious children. <laughs> as they they come up with these new and interesting ways to try and flummox each other it's just astonishing um, as you say yes i did send that letter that you maybe sent but i didn't sign it uh fingers crossed doesn't kind doesn't kind <laughs> okay why don't we all have an election no we're not going to give you an election because you only want an election because if you have an election then you can make us go out of the eu without getting a deal and that's not what we want so we're not gonna let you and it's just you know these people are paid you know tens of thousands of pounds to go and sit and talk nonsense at each other oh it's so frustrating whatever side of the debate you're on it's just nonsense Um, yeah but there you go as you say interesting time so i haven't really had a lot of time to watch anything else partly because i've been doing a lot of reading but we'll get to that in a minute Mm -hmm. Uh, what about listening have you listened to anything interesting yes so listening once again uh is going to be conflated with reading because uh, reading uh, an audiobook is listening. And so I, I started listening again to Fall or Dodge in Hell, which is a Neil Stevenson book. Uh, I kind of fell off the wagon is the wrong term, but I I'd paused momentarily on that because I was into other things. And so the, the book was really, really good. There was no point where I thought this is bad. I don't want to read it anymore. I really wanted to listen to some more D&D stuff. And then from there, I went on to listen to some more of the... Um, plumbing the death star stuff so it kind of had a wee segue uh but then i came back and started listening to that at the start of this week and i have probably at the start of the week i had 15 hours left on that audiobook so it's a chunky book i mean neil stevenson doesn't really do anything by half and so we got into that again at the start of the week and it's it's really really good um i don't want to give too much away about it um it's kind of like uh dante's inferno mm-hmm. uh, meets uh 21st century cryptocurrency AI, it's it's really interesting. If you like those kind of things, it's really interesting. If you like English classics or old school literature, there's a lot in there as well. Um, if you don't like any of those things, then I guess don't read it. But I am really enjoying it. It's really, really well written. And I think it's Malcolm Hillgartner is the uh, narrator. And he's fantastic. It's really, really good, solid voice. And he's doing all the, the different sort of accents and intonations of people, which is... You know, some of the the all-cast recordings of audiobooks that we've listened to in the past, you know, American Gods being one of them, those are amazing. That's like a, it's like a film in your head. But there is also something to be said of someone who can sort of intonate all these different characters. And, you know, they're, they're speaking, they're, they're reading from an iPad probably. So they have just the, the book in front of them and they're going, okay, this is this person. This is this person. It's a, it's a juggling feat mm. of uh, caricature to jump between you know, Southern drawl, sort of like a more effeminate, high-pitched voice, and then down to this, and then this gravelly. And it, you know, it's impressive how he does it alone, never mind how it actually sounds, which is really, really good. Yeah, I mean, it, to do that, you must, uh, as a voice actor, you've got to immerse yourself entirely in the story. I mean, you've got to be because you're performing it, aren't you? Effectively, That's yeah, it is a performance. It's not just a reading. Huge, huge commitment of time and, and energy. Right. Well, uh, okay. So, what will we doing? Listening. Uh, yeah, I listened to Plumbing the Death Star. Yep. That, no, no, <laughs> won't be doing that again. Um, <laughs> what did you listen to? What episode? Uh, one of the more recent ones. I think it was eighties, uh, nineties uh, sitcom. Which eighties okay. and nineties sitcom character would you be? 
and it all got into uh, the was it Toolbox Tim or Tim uh, Timothy Tim Tank? the Toolman Dealer? That's him. Yeah. Uh, Home uh, Improvement. Yeah, and it sort of just they, they started riffing on that, and uh, they, they well they lost me. Um, I just <laughs> I did say if you don't you like did. it, you it's did. all and the same. <laughs> so so I thought you know I'll listen to fifteen minutes, and as TJ suggests, uh, if I like the fifteen minutes, there's plenty more. If I don't, there isn't. Uh, and there wasn't. So, there we go. That's how you discover stuff. Um, I'm I'm back on the Audible trail. I am listening to a book. Uh, this one is obviously very relevant to me. It's Journey into Cyprus by uh, Colin Thuberin. Um He essentially sort of went for a sort of 600-mile walk um, all around Cyprus. So he sort of goes round it and crisscrosses it and... Um, did it way back in the 70s, I think before the uh, invasion. So uh, sort of interesting. A bit more open. Yeah, interesting glimpses to the build-up to that and, and how communities were interacting or not. Uh, so that's pretty good. Uh, the Missing Crypto Queen, which I know we've touched on before here. Yeah. Uh, well, they released a new episode. I think I think it was yesterday, but it came up in my queue today. And so I was like, oh, wow, okay, bang, and I hit the button, and it's only a minute. And it's, uh, <laughs> no, it's like, uh, <laughs> yep, I know you've tuned in to hear episode seven of the Crypto Queen, but uh, over the last week, we've been hearing lots of different things that, that are pointing to one place. So we're at the airport, uh, we're going to this place, which I can't really tell you much about, and we'll report back next week. And it's the best podcast episode I've listened to ever. I'm hooked. Honestly, I'll be wow, setting so it's, a so it's live. Where it's or almost yeah, live. Yeah, as as the investigation, if you like, has been has been continuing, it's the timeline has been getting more and more compressed. So you've been hearing um, you know, he was reading a newspaper headline in the last episode, and I'm thinking, Oh, that's only four days ago. So you yeah, you can feel that that's... you're sort of coming up to real time. And I mean, this isn't, uh, it's not a conceit. I mean, this is a true story, but the crypto queen self-styled, um, is missing. <laughs> That's what it's called. The missing crypto queen. Um, <laughs> I did have an inkling. <laughs> I thought you might. Um, and, and well, you know, if one could speak to the crypto queen, uh, one would have a few questions about, um, a fraud that runs into the billions whether you be speaking yeah. dollars, euros, or pounds, billions. This is a lot of money. Nobody knows how much, because a lot of people that fall for this type of stuff don't like to admit it. So it's very difficult. That's yeah, also to, cryptocurrency to for a reason. <laughs> well, funnily enough, in this one, it isn't crypto. That's part of the Take problem. Take <laughs> Well, uh, she said it was crypto, Um and the whole thing about crypto obviously is, you know, a dispersed ledger and um Yeah. <laughs> this was all on a SQL database. <laughs> so oh. uh, you or I could have run it. Um uh which indeed is part of the problem. But you know, they're they're clearly, they believe, getting close to finding her. Um That's actually really amazing. I didn't know it was that prescient and it's kind of blurring the lines between investigative journalism and podcasting because it's telling a story right it doesn't matter if it's a true story or not it's it's a narrative Mm. being formed but that narrative is then going oh hold on we actually need to go here uh to get the next bit yeah and that's i mean it's it's absolutely 
um, it's gripping. Um, and this is something I think that will grow and grow and grow. Um, so yeah, there you go. There's a huge advert for the missing crypto queen. Um, uh, tell him Stu sent you. It'll make no difference at all. But hey, just you know, tell him. Um, <laughs> which which Stu? Stu who? Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, Cornelius Ponsonby-Smythe. <laughs> there you go. There's a name you won't forget. <laughs> um, uh, what else? I've also started listening to The Economist. I don't know whether that's just because I bought the, the diary. Um, I, I do subscribe to the magazine uh, on a digital form. And mm-hmm. they, they now run a series of little podcasts, sort of like 20 minute ones on various aspects of either business or politics or the world. Um, uh, economists are massively pro-Remain in the Brexit uh, discussion. I, I'm um, pro-Leave, so uh, there's quite a lot that we don't agree on. Um, but it is, I think, good quality journalism on the whole. Uh, and I'm also it's good to also hear opinions that you don't agree with all the time. Uh, absolutely. I follow a lot of people on Twitter who make me want to um, uh, punch the wall. Um, but... As you say, I think it's so easy on on social media to just listen to people who are saying the exact same thing as you think, and therefore, well, there's no real point in listening to them say it, is there? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I listen to a lot of people that uh, make my blood boil. Um, and I'm also, <laughs> he said moderately, um, I'm also now listening to the Daily, which is um, a podcast from the New York Times. Um, mm-hmm. j- just started. Um, I've I've got a broad sense of where the New York Times sits politically, um, but uh, other than that, I don't really know very much about it. So um, I, I, I'm yeah, I'm quite enjoying it. It's um, it's it's kind of I suppose deeper behind the news story, if you like. They're not just reading headlines to you. They're they're looking a little bit further behind that. Um, yeah, we'll see. The journey, the jury is out on how much I will listen to that. Mm. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of listening. I've been very good with my listening. What about reading, as in proper reading? You've been doing any of that? Proper reading? Uh, no, it's all audio reading mostly. Uh, uh-huh. I, I did have a little bit of time to read some analog magazine, but that was uh, scant minutes between uh, things I had to do. Uh, this has been a busy week, so the, the reading, as we've discussed before, is one of the first things to fall off the wagon whenever t- life gets busy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Like this this week has been a reaction to, to that very thing for me, where I've sort of been frustrated with myself having completely got out of reading for a long time, uh, yeah. and then the exact opposite has happened. Uh, I've just given up sleeping, and uh, <laughs> so this week don't uh, need it. In total, I read the Sun Does Shine, um, yep. by Anthony Ray Hinton, um, which was the the Take Note podcast mentioned that, and I thought, oh, well, that sounds interesting. Oh, wow. Uh, spoiler alert, it's a guy on death row. Um, it's uh, a fascinating, terrifying, uh, blood-boiling. Uh, oh, yeah. Good read. Go and read that, folks. Mm-hmm. The Sun Does Shine by Anthony Ray Hinton. Uh, it's very simply written, very nicely written, uh, with some wonderful eloquence. Um, and, uh, you know, the subject matter is the subject matter. He, uh, a guy who was put in prison for ooh, a long, long time. Was it? Was it thirty years? Something ooh, like that. Jeez. Um, for for a murder that he patently could not have committed, to the extent that every single person listening to the podcast would, in five minutes, looking at the evidence, go, "Right." So this man, not him, then was in fact in another place as evidenced by other people 
miles away from where this murder took place. Therefore, he couldn't have done it. I mean, it's not rocket science, folks. No, no, let's lock him up for 30s. Wow. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, go read that. It's a good book. Um, going back to, whew, pluck a number from the air, episode 30, <laughs> when you and I spoke about Bird Box. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you said With to me... Booker film. Actually, no, no, I could be more accurate than that. It's going to be, it's going to be around about episode 48 or something, because it was around Christmas time. Um, I, we started watching the movie and my wife and, and her sister both sort of, well, dropped off essentially. So, um, I stopped watching it and you said, go read the book. So I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've now read the book Bird Box. I've got to now find it back on Netflix and watch it because I think you wanted me to compare the endings, wasn't it? You I think so. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, so, uh, well, yeah, well, all I can say so far is about the book ending. It's, I can understand why I imagine it's going to be different on TV because it's, yeah. uh, you know, th- there's no resolution in the ending or there is resolution to 2% of what the reader wants to be resolved. <laughs> <laughs> the other 98% uh, is left entirely unaddressed. Um, as someone who's trying to finish a novel, like I, I've got the feeling that the writers just thought, "Oh God, I can't be bothered. Just, just get the thing Done. published, <laughs> get it out there. <laughs> People buy it. We'll do a sequel." Um, uh, so yeah, I've read that in its entirety. Um, I've also read uh, Hamlet's Blackberry, uh, which is well, it's, as you might might surmise, um, it's around uh, smartphone addiction, digital pastime addiction, screen time. Um, it's talking about attention deficit, all of that type of stuff that's, I think, probably well-worn. Um, it's pretty well-written. It's saying uh, many of the things that other people are saying. Uh, it may have said them first. I don't know. I'm, I don't really know the timelines. Um, but, yeah, my review in the show notes is, okay. Um, then, obviously, no, I was on a roll at this point. So I then pulled out uh, essays by... Uh, Emery Thoreau, uh, on walking, um, you know, uh, on Walden Pond, but in short essay form, really. Read a few of those, uh, or read all of them. I went, yeah, okay. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I, I appreciate that Thoreau is a hero to many people and a hero of American literature. Um, yeah, all right. Um, I, I find it difficult to get excited about his writing. Uh, I think his thinking was probably probably pretty good but his writing i'm not wild about it um yeah. and i'm now reading a book that i'm finding increasingly disappointing which is a uh, small fry by uh lisa i think i think it's brennan jobs or maybe jobs brennan my apologies if i've got it the wrong way around um who is the daughter of steve jobs um and i, I don't know what i was expecting i'm perhaps being unjust but at the moment i'm hearing about sort of the upbringing of somebody who I've got no real interest in. Um, <laughs> sort of go, yeah, no, and I went to school and that happened and I'm thinking, yeah, okay, great. Um, which it might just be me being unfair, but I was I was expecting some sort of insight, I think, into, into I suppose, Mr. Jobs. Wow. I mean, he, yeah, he's very much maligned, I think, in many, many circles as well as worshipped in others. Uh, and certainly his behaviour towards his daughter has always been a bit <clears throat> odd. Um, yeah, and yeah, not necessarily a shining example that you would hold up to other people. But, 
but there you go. That that concludes Stuart's library for this week. <laughs> that was a good. I have a section of colourful notes only on the books you've read. In fact, it spans two. Well, it, I, look, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm looking forward to getting some sleep. Um, I I am one of those people that once I once I start reading, um, I, I time just sort of stops and I just flies past. Uh, and yeah. all of those, interestingly, I've read on the iPad. Um, oh, okay. Through through the Apple Books uh, thing, which is now called Books. Um, and I, I here I, in Brazil, we just call them nuts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I never thought I would get into that sort of thing. I mean, I quite like the Kindle because it sort of fooled me into thinking it was a book. Um, but I never yeah. thought I would get into to reading with the iPad. And I suspect if I tried to read with the outside, it wouldn't work because of light and all that. But um, uh, it's, it's uh, once again, uh, we've touched on this many, many times, but it's this magical piece of glass that weighs nothing and just does everything. Yeah. Stunning. Yeah. Uh, drinking. Well, obviously, I'm having several... Ru- oh, no, it's lunchtime. Um, no. <laughs> I, I've written in the show notes, um, somewhat aspirationally, I was going to have a ginger and orange tea, uh, and then Ooh. and then run out of time. So uh, I've got a, <laughs> an empty can of Coke uh, and an empty glass. Uh, but in a minute, I will go and fill up the glass with water. <laughs> what about you? You drinking anything? <laughs> Yeah, actually, literally just before we started recording, I looked at the the clock and we were recording at, what was it, 9.30 my time, I think it was, uh, in and around that. And so I looked at the clock and it was 9.23, and that right, seven minutes. And then I looked at the, the kettle and thought, yes, I can do this. So I boiled the kettle and I made a big carafe of filter coffee. And I'm about halfway through my second cup, which I've been drinking as we're talking. Uh, and it's finally starting to kick in, and I'm feeling feeling good. It's been a it's been a long and busy week, but it's a nice, cold, bright Friday here, and um, I'm two coffees down, so we're, I'm feeling okay. Excellent. Well, um, yeah, I've been. I, uh, I don't know if we've covered this. I'm quite an early riser, so um, I was. Yeah, I, I think was we've mentioned t- it once or twice. Yeah, so I was up at six, um, uh, sort of dodging the rain showers. Uh, took the dog out for a for a bit of a stroll, couple of espresso kickstart my day and uh yeah generally sort of during the morning i will drink either water or tea um but that's when i'm productive that's when i kind of get work done um Mm -hmm. and then in the afternoons i don't know it tends to sort of just dribble away my energy levels (laughs) yeah it's the um if it was a graph it would kind of spike uh upon waking up 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 and then sort of plateau i guess around 9 30 through 11 30 and then there's a massive drop and we kind of arc downwards towards 3 p.m. And then maybe sometimes if you're like me, you have a coffee at 3 o'clock and go, oh, actually, well, maybe. And you never quite get to the, the heady heights of 9.30 a.m., but you get back up a wee bit and then you finish the day and go, ah, right, now, now it goes down to zero. Yeah, no, I, I have that. I have the um, sort of post-lunch, everything just goes. The post-lunch slump. Yeah, uh, and that's when I... Uh, we're going to call it meditation. So uh, I use <laughs> I use an app called uh, Calm, uh, which has a 10-minute yep. meditation. And I put that on my phone. I sit in my, my easy chair down here in the office. And sometimes I'm still awake at the end of it. Um, I was going to say, it sounds like a nap. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Often meditation 
stroke nap, which is how it tends to go into the time blocker, uh, becomes a lot more nap than meditation. But I still, I still tick the meditation box. I'm assuming that my subconscious was was taking it all in. Uh, yeah. And then I do a little bit of sort of boring, nonsensey stuff, admin accounts, that type of thing. Things that uh, I don't know. They use a different part of the brain. The sort of automatic. I don't have to think very much or be creative. Uh, and then privileged uh, fellow that I am I go for a swim and that's what then perks me up for that sort of last couple of hours of productivity yeah. as you say about three o'clock it is quite a nice option to go hmm three o'clock I'll go and take a swim um and I appreciate <laughs> not one that many people can have but um that's yeah the, the, the shape of my days unless I play golf and then it's complete chaos it, it just everything goes up <laughs> Lots of walking, lots mm. of hitting tiny white ball. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to persuade a lot of my playing partners, friend, wife. Uh, should we play in the afternoon? It's lovely to play in the afternoon. They go, no, it's not. I go, well, please, can we play in the afternoon? It's forty degrees. Please stop talking, Stu. <laughs> no, the thing is, if I play in the morning, I am useless at anything else for the afternoon. That's me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's Stuart doing? He's napping. Uh, sorry, he's meditating. Why is he snoring? Well, he meditates very hard. He's been meditating for a good solid three hours now. <laughs> Whereas if I do some work in the morning, I can then play golf in the afternoon, um, which is fine. I'm, I'm not going to have any problem doing that as long as I'm happy playing on my own. That appears to be the upshot. Yeah. Um, mm. What about buying? You've been buying anything? Did I buy anything? I'm checking the show notes, but I know I didn't write anything in it for this week. Um, the the suits... Um, I tried them on last week. Oh, I need to yeah, check the a few bits forest green suits. Um, the color is perfect. Okay. The cut on the, the actual suit is probably not, so I'm not quite there yet, but I do think I find the color. I do really like the green. Um, I, I got a couple of different ones, and one of them I was like, oh, this is really nice, and turned it around, and the back of it was like a weird pastiche of like roses and stuff that was not on, or maybe it was and I didn't see it, but it wasn't on the the online sort of like, shop of it i was like oh this is you know forest green on the front and weird victorian parlor on the back i I don't really get it um so that was a shock and a surprise and the inside of the suit is the same kind of like really weird like rose and thorn kind of illustration pattern um so we'll not be getting that one but the color is spot on so i think watch this space but i think it could be forest green Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're getting there. But apart from that, uh, did I buy anything else? Uh, no, I really haven't had any time. I've been... It, it, one of the nice things about working a lot and being busy and being at events and stuff is that you don't have any time to, like, browse stuff. So I actually need to buy uh, next year's home insurance because that runs out at the end of the month. Uh, so that's boring as hell, but I need to do it. <laughs> Well, here we are once again, and oh, it's the Blue Mountains of Cyprus again. <laughs> They're back. Are we going to address the technical difficulties that we have, uh, or are we just going to gloss over and I'll edit the site? I had no technical difficulties at all. I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Editor. <laughs> Where were we? Green suits. Well, buy green suits. Yeah. Green suits sound fabulous. Um, uh, you'll forgive me uh, if I'm not going to join in the green suit thing. Um, well, no, I don't think lost. don't think the current Mrs. Lennon would go for it. To be honest, <laughs> well, the the future Mrs. Cosgrove um, hopefully will. Well, well, indeed, and uh, well, let's face it. What the bride says, that's what happens. Exactly. Uh, 
Okay, well, that's more exciting than me. I've been buying some ink, uh, which I get, and I think we touched on last time. Um, I bought the limited edition pen to go with the limited edition ink, but forgot to buy the ink. Uh, so I've now rectified that. And uh, talking to Claire this morning, she was threatening me with, oh, I'll send you a parcel when I get, when I get back, which is next Wednesday. Um, and I, I won't say that I got all sort of chief executive about the whole thing. Uh, I did jokingly hint 36 times how she might want to um, send that parcel today. Uh, and, and my next tactic was going to be um, along the lines of, well, maybe I won't pay you until the middle of next month. Um, but fortunately, Claire is, is stacked full of emotional intelligence and detected that I really, really wanted my ink. So... Um, it's on its way. That will be coming soon. Along, along with I've got a little um, sort of mix-up pack uh, of diamine. Uh, they did a thing called the Music Collection, so you get uh, I don't know it's probably I don't know, twelve or eighteen inks, uh, all named after famous composers, all different shades. Um, it's, well, I've got enough pens to uh, to make use of, so there we go. I'm going to play with that. Uh, and the other thing is that I'm in the in the midst of buying that we uh, we touched upon before your computer went haywire, or my computer went haywire. <laughs> Catalina. Um, health insurance. Yeah, I, yeah, I just had to renew our health insurance. We've been here for a year now. Uh, and we've got, um, uh, this This is not me being uh, racist, this is the world being racist. We've got what's called the Sri Lankan policy. So um, health insurance in Cyprus comes in two flavours. You have very expensive uh, private health insurance that uh, covers anything except something that might happen to you. Um, and then you have uh, what they call immigration insurance, which is if you want to be a non-Cypriot national living in Cyprus, you have to have some health insurance. Uh, we won't talk about how that breaches several European laws um, because the European Union is great as everybody knows. Um, but having we, Margaret and I went to see a doctor to be assessed for, for the big expensive health insurance. And he discovered eight or nine things wrong with each of us that we were not aware of. Now, bearing in mind that we both had uh, private health insurance in the United Kingdom mm -hmm. and both had regular medicals. Uh, and in my case, wear an Apple watch. Uh, to turn around to me and say, ah, well, yep, your heart rate is uh, is a bit problematic. Uh, was, on behalf of the doctors, a mistake. Because I said, really? Because I've got three and a half years of records, which would demonstrate <laughs> that that's not the case, doctor. Oh, well, you know, I mean, anything can happen in the medical... No, no, this is 24 hours a day, <laughs> minus a couple of hours for charging. Uh, my heart rate. Um... And we were clearly being we were clearly being seen off. Uh, so mm. we went for the cheap and cheerful option, um, which is effectively, I think, if I have an accident on a Wednesday and the sun is not shining, then I'm covered. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, uh, it's reverts to to your wallet. I think. Mm. Uh, so that was a bit boring, uh, and it's also it's it's golf membership renewal time. <gasps> uh, and that's that's a big expense. Yeah. Um, if you live on a small island and there's only five golf courses, guess what? The membership is quite high. So, 
Uh, that's going to be a pain in the cash flow when that bill finally comes through. Um, but 1st of November, I have to renew. Oh dear, I've depressed myself. God only knows what I've done to the listeners. Um, what about... What about parish notices? Anything happening in the TJ world? Uh, yeah, I've been w- still working on my, my Java, which is a programming language. I've been playing with that. So um, I spent a couple of hours the other day uh, rewriting the Billy Joel song, uh, Moving Out, in Java as an interactive song that you have to click yes or no to proceed through, uh, which is stupid and dumb and probably a waste of time, but it was very good revision. Um so if anyone's super interested and anyone knows what Java is and knows what they're doing with it, uh, I can maybe share it with you. But for most people, it's it's really, really boring. Uh, but yeah, it was a really good experience of like, okay, this is a thing. I know this song quite well. I enjoy the song. It's good fun to listen to. And I want to try and emulate this in something I'm very unfamiliar with, which is Java. How do I write this out in such a way that it'll do this, 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 and this? And then how can I further complicate it by going, well, I really want to research how to write methods. So let me let me invent a method that will then call this when I do it. So a method is just like a little program within a program that you can call to do a thing. And so it was like, it's completely contrived, but it was really, really good fun. And I'm I'm oddly proud of this dumb little thing that I've made. Um, but it was just a really good way of going, I need to learn this. I need to spend some time doing it. I need something that will capture my attention for this time. So it's not just meaningless, even though it, in the grand scheme of things, it is meaningless. Uh, and so that was what I spent some time on this week. Very cool. I've no idea what you just said, but it yep. sounds excellent. That's probably ninety-eight yes. to ninety-nine percent of the listeners are going, yeah, yeah, yep, dumb. Uh, for the one and a half percent, one percent who think oh, that's quite interesting, uh, at me and we'll chat. Yep, I, I understood Billy Joel. <laughs> that's that's really the only bit that matters. Well, there you go. Uh, well, here we've we uh, winter storms have arrived. As uh, we touched on earlier, we had lots of uh, floody stuff going on, and uh, not for us. Uh, and then uh, our friends who who were coming for a, for a long weekend, I'd, well, that didn't go as well as they'd hoped. Um, uh, the friends are it's an English gentleman uh, who married a Hungarian lady um, a a few years back. Uh, friends of mine when I lived in in Hungary, great friends, uh, and we've been to visit them several times in Budapest or near Budapest where they live. Uh, and they were coming out to us for yeah four or five days. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, the Englishman who is slightly eccentric and batty, uh, which is difficult to believe of a friend of mine, I know, but um, <laughs> he uh, he he managed to mislay his passport and uh, did the whole panicky apply for a new passport. Which, in the good old days when I was a boy, TJ, um, one would just nip down to the consulate and say, "I say, Hugo, sort me out with a new passport, will you, old boy?" Uh, and the ticket Polaroid uh, and tonic. <laughs> yeah, yes, ticket Polaroid. Obviously, someone would sketch, uh, you know, Mister Ponsonby, Doctor Ponsonby, on a piece of paper, and then they'd hand you back this thing stapled together and go, "Yep, you're good to go." That's it. Two shakes of a lamb's tail. Uh, gin and tonic <laughs> finished. There's your passport, sir. Lovely. Um, now, of course, we have uh, we have the modern world. We have progress, so everything has to be done uh, by a bunch of folk uh, in London uh, in a big office near Victoria. Uh, and takes 14 times as long as it used to. Uh, and so his passport arrived uh, yesterday, um, ah. almost exactly two days after his flight took off. Uh, Perfect. So, yeah, there we are. Uh, he is going down to his country house, uh, which sounds a lot grander than it is. Um, he's got a he's got a farm in the Hungarian Pushta, uh, which is 
it's, it's a lovely thing. It's it's like a big billiard table in the middle of um, uh, the European plane. Uh, <laughs> Extremely flat uh, and green. Very very flat. Uh, sort of sort of like a small version of Iowa, I think. Um, they they grow lots of stuff there. Uh, he's got a little little farm down there, and we were we were conversing over WhatsApp the other day and wagering that he'll open a drawer in the kitchen and there will be his old passport yep. winking at him or something like that. Uh, so that was a bit disappointing, but uh, there you go. Such is life, I suppose. Um, well, we've been prattling on now for, according to my recording, about nine minutes. I suspect it's a bit longer than that. Uh, yeah. And it's time to, it's time to plug. Uh, this, port, this podcast is brought to you mostly by TJ's Hard Work. But also by uh, Nero's Notes, uh, which is a website that sells notes or notebooks and pens and pencils and stationery ephemera. Um, it's, uh, it's a lovely little site. It's got a lot of wonderful things. It's mostly run by Claire. Uh, occasionally I interfere with it. Uh, and there you will find lots of nice stuff and lots of nice 1857 merchandise. Uh, mm. So... A, a fantastic radio cassette. Yeah, Google that. Um, <laughs> some notebooks, pencils, stickers, uh, and the profits from all of those things go to fund this podcast directly. Uh, and in fact, any shortfall in the funding of this podcast is picked up by Nero's Notes. So if you buy anything from Nero's Notes, you're helping fund the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, you can also find me, uh, if you're interested in my ramblings, uh, at stuartlennon.com uh, and on all the social medias of the same name, pretty much. What about you, TJ? Where can people find you? Yeah, People can mostly find me on YouTube where I make uh, silly little videos about pencils and paper and notebooks and analog ephemera because that is my favorite word. Um, I've made a couple of videos recently. There's two came out this month. I've got another one almost done. I was editing on it uh, just before we started recording and it's really, really good fun. So if you look on my Instagram, uh, wood and graphite all spelled out uh, there's a little sneak peek of that steinbeck video i'm working on uh, it's such a satisfying little clip um, but i'm editing everything in on the ipad uh, i'm shooting everything on canon 5d it's really really cool i make loads of videos about analog stuff so pencils and paper and notebooks and all the good things that we talk about so if you enjoy what we talk about in the the pre-topic stage of this podcast you'll probably enjoy the videos uh, so go and look at them, have a look, see what you think, and share them with someone. If you want to help, there's Patreon, there's all those other things. But most importantly, go and watch some videos, find one you like, share it with someone you know. And then we have the, well, we kind of we kind of did the, the final pen. We'd plugged the podcast a wee bit already, didn't we? I suppose we did, yes. So what are we talking about today? Uh, well, that's a very good point. Um, I, through some sort of shenanigans with iOS 13 or iPadOS, one, whatever it is, uh, and Catalina, the show notes that we set up didn't work. And so I don't know what we're talking about today. You're going to have to tell me. Well, there we go. This is a new and exciting thing. This uh, is a topic suggested by somebody who's in our Slack group, uh, the mm. 1857 Slack. Uh, membership is extremely exclusive. It's very, very difficult to uh, get into. Uh, usually there's a there's a, there's a large ceremony when we indoctrinate somebody. Uh, yeah, I, I use the sword of money. attached to your shoulders, you know. Yep. Huge amounts of money change hands. Uh, or there is another way in, and that's uh, you get in touch with TJ uh, or you get in touch with me, and we'll send you an invite. Uh, but this was from 
Well, it's from uh, what can only be described as a man with two names. So already the mystery deepens. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure which is the real name and which is the cover, but uh, I'm just looking up the, uh, the nom de guerre. So this is Hanu, who also goes by the name. Hanu, a.k.a. Farbror. Farbror. Sounds like something from Game of Thrones, doesn't it? Um, and he asked... Uh, and I'll read this. He said, as I'm currently struggling not to buy a new stationery, but make use of what I've got, I would be interested in hearing what some of your longest running stationery pieces, pens, organizers, pencil extenders, whatever, might be. Any personal faves, heirlooms, vintage pieces, or old hard to let go of classics? Question mark. So there you go. Mm. Any golden oldies? Golden oldies. Uh, yes. Uh, well, I'm, I'm jumping straight in here. Um, it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about vintage stuff, tons. If you're talking about stuff that I've used a lot and keep coming back to, there are a few pieces that I really like. Um, I mean, I have so much stuff. I think this is a common problem. It's a modern problem where uh, collecting things and being excited by pencils and paper and things like that means that you accumulate pencils and papers and things like that. And so I, I I have to devise a system to organize because there's too many for me to just go, yeah, it's here, or, yeah, it's there, or, I have two of those. I need a, a system to sort of manage that for me. Uh, looking around, I can see limited edition black wings, I can see stacks of notebooks, I can see expensive brass pencil sharpeners. There's so much stuff. And, and it is a problem that kind of, what is it, sable stash acquisition beyond life expectancy. It's very easy to get mm-hmm. into that. Oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. And if you're not then using and consuming things at an equal rate, then what happens is you pile things up and you end up with almost like either decision fatigue or kind of apathy because you're like, well, I don't want to use that because it's three weeks old and I've got this new thing. And I don't want to, you know, I want to look at it first. And so what happens is things just get cast back. So there's stuff that I have that I keep coming back to that I really like. I like uh, Palomino Golden Bears. One of my favorite weird and wonderful pencils that you can't really get too easily over here. I know Nero's has them. Um, That's a great pencil. And the the reason I like it so much is it's one of the first pencils I got from America. Uh, Andy Welfley sent me one of those. And I had that. And it was just such a great little pencil. So I have a couple of those stashed around. And I don't write with them very often. But whenever I come across one in a pencil roll or something, it's like, oh, fantastic i love this and i almost don't want to sharpen it because i want to i just enjoy it's like a hard hex rather than a a rounded hex it's a really nice feel in the hand so it's things like that that you come across and go yeah it may not be the best it may not be the pinnacle but i like it and it's very personal thing to me um do you have any of those that you just think oh i've got it stashed away somewhere and when you come across it it's a wee wee smile yeah i mean for me i've I first looked at this and thought, okay, so what is it that um, is constant, is always in my setup? Mm. And that was, um, bizarrely enough, was was the was the pencil case. Um, that goes pretty much everywhere. I mean, okay, if I'm going out to the pub, I don't I don't put the pencil case in my pocket. But if I've if I'm at my desk or I've got my bag, then the pencil case will be in there, and it's uh, it's a Blackwing one. Yeah. Uh, not not because I'm desperately in love with Blackwing, but uh, the, they're the only people that make pencil cases big enough for Blackwings, um, <laughs> which which is clearly quite important if you want to carry a Blackwing around. Um, so 
they have a sort of waxed uh, black pencil. It's very simple. It's just, you know, zip top. Uh, I'm, I'm fiddling with it as I speak. Uh, it's quite small. Uh, it, you can't fit an enormous amount of stuff in there, which I find a, a real feature because otherwise I tend to carry around four and a half hundred weights of spatial things. Um, so in there, I've got a few pencils, a few pens, uh, and that goes with me everywhere. That's my kind of um, ever-present. And it was a conversation that you and I had the oh, the other week. We were talking about, uh, I think, iPads, actually, mm-hmm. um, because I was desperately casting around trying to find an excuse to spend lots of money on <laughs> IT that I don't need. Um <laughs> Because the IT that I've got all works, well, uh, uh, barring a small incident earlier on, uh, all works perfectly well. Um, and uh, you say, you know, maybe may just change your screensavers and, you know, your setup, and, which is what I did. But I also did the same thing with my analog stuff. Uh, so I took, took the pens that I was using. I said, okay, I'm, I'm not going to use these, so um, I'll clean them and give them a bit of a service as you do with vented pens. I appreciate I don't have to do that with pencils that often. Um, and you know, just have a look through my my stock, my stuff, uh, and see if there's something else. Yeah, and I, you know, I pulled out a couple of pens that I haven't used for a long time. It's like, oh wow, I've forgotten how much I like this pen. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you you sort of relinquish it back to the the stash and go, oh yeah, I bought this because it's great and I like it. Yeah, I mean, everybody has this problem where where you you get into to you know pens, especially. I think you you buy three four five six and and very quickly the number gets bigger and bigger and nobody's ever going to reveal what that true number is remember brad (laughs) getting very sheepish when we asked him um and i i pulled out some of the fact i I actually thought okay i'm gonna i'm gonna sell uh, a couple of these pens that i don't use and then i thought oh that means going on to ebay and all of the pain Mm. and difficulty of that and guess what oh i live in cyprus oh that's handy um so I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll do a giveaway, um, and we'll in some way I'll I'll, I'll generate some marketing um, goodness out of this. And uh, what I was going to do was um, dispose of a pen. I've got a Waterman Karen. How do you spell uh, that? Which is a C A R E N E, and you've got an accent on the first E. Um, so accent goes left or right. Uh, the top bit uh, is on the left. Oh, so it's so, it's so it starts high and goes low. Uh, yes, yeah, so that would be a, a backslash, I suppose. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> be the the IT version of it. Um, it's um, it's a Waterman, which you know was a very very big sort of corporate brand, and then sort of fell from favour to a certain extent, I think. But it's got a very nice um, sort of hooded nib. It's oh, it's a beautiful pen. I bought it from uh, pen, pen folk will know this name, um, Matt Armstrong. Um, of the pen habit had a very good youtube channel called the pen habit um and he sort of retired from i don't think from stationery but from talking about it and reviewing it Uh, and he was selling off a few pens once and i bought this off him uh and it's it's not really my aesthetic on the outside it's uh it's gunmetal uh and it's uh it's sort of patterned um it's it's quite attractive it's just not really my thing uh and so i took it out and thought oh i'll just have a quick ride and oh Oh, this is lovely. Oh, oh, this is very smooth. Um, and that sort of set me down a road of, okay, I need to, you know, consciously start rotating through things a bit because I've got loads of nice things in my, in my pen cabinets that I'm just not using. Um, I'm, I'm not a collector in that sort of sense of let me keep this and 
put it in a box and preserve yeah. it and then sell it on. That's it's not what I I do. So um, I've started rotating out uh, my fountain pens and having a fantastic time doing that. Uh, and my oldest fountain pens um, would be, he says, sounding all privileged and posh, uh, Mont Blanc. So the first really good fountain pen that I had uh, was a Mont Blanc limited edition fountain pen that came from a set, uh, the Charles Dickens set. So it's uh, it's a massive, it's a huge sort of green and silver pen with, uh, it's, it comes with a, there's a, a ballpoint and a mechanical pencil that are part of the set and it's signed by Charles Dickens, not in the flesh, clearly, but um, <laughs> his signature is engraved into it. And, you know, it, it's a lovely pen um, that was, uh, I picked it up at a charity auction. And it, it's everything you might expect from a Mont Blanc. It's very sort of big and showy and sort of corporate monster thing. And every oh, they're terribly overpriced and blah, blah. Yeah, that might be true. Um, but they are very nice fountain pens as well. And they do write beautifully. And I had the nibs uh, changed out to, to broad and double broad nibs, which are my kind of thing. So I, I've been playing with those. Um, and I think they're ever present. I can't see myself ever wanting to sort of part with those. Yeah. Um, they'll either be in use in rotation or they'll be sitting in a, a display cabinet um, waiting to be used again. Um, I think there's nothing wrong things. with that. That that's, shouldn't be something... I think that we're saying you should shy away from, but it's that if you do that with every pen you have, then all of a sudden you're not, you can't use all of them because if you've got three cabinets full of ones that you're waiting to use, then your year is already taken up. So there's no space for new stuff, which you inevitably buy anyway. Yeah. And I think, I, you know, I think that's the, the, the point is, I suppose when you feel the, uh, the instinct or the, 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 pull of oh I'm, I'm gonna go and buy a new pen yeah is to maybe just take a moment and look and go oh hang on shall i just have a new pen from my existing pens yeah. um <laughs> shop your own collection yeah and so so what i've got at the moment is um i've got a little uh, pen block and oh this is gonna annoy me the name has just gone out of my head uh american guy who makes lovely pen box um maybe come back oh to well. dudek yes good mike dudek well done um, so I bought two pen blocks from him. One big one, uh, which holds, I think, about nine pens. He said, looking behind him. Uh, yep, nine pens, and it's got two sort of slots for notebooks. Uh, that's not on my desk anymore. I now have a, a smaller one that I bought from him, which is very simple. It just has three slots. And so my rule is now to have those three pens out of my desk available for me to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after a month, change them. So oh, That's pretty good, start. yeah rotating through my system that way um does it mean i'm not going to buy new pens no i'm pretty certain that i'll end up buying new pens because well i'm i'm like a puppy in a forest oh squirrel um (laughs) there there is a you know there is a pleasure in buying and owning that pen yes uh even if you don't get to use it very much and there's also a pleasure in using nice pens as long as you understand the difference between the two then I don't think that there's a there's an issue, no. and so I sometimes buy a pen. And I go, I've got, I'm looking now, I'm gazing rather lovingly. It's quite creepy actually, at three Pelicans. You know, my little setup there of uh, an 800, a 600, and a 200, and side by side, they all look amazing. They look brilliant. They're gorgeous. I love them. Fantastic. Um, 
And owning those is in itself its own pleasure. Picking them up and then using them is another pleasure. And I don't think that any of these things will will be things that I'd want to get rid of. But I might be wrong. I, yeah. I don't know. You, you can never we don't say know how you change, yeah. I think one of the important um, things as well is just being aware. Like if you have 10,000 pens and use four of them and you're happy with that, great. Don't change anything. If you have 200 pens and you use 100 of them and you think, hmm, don't really need the other ones, get rid of them. You know, do what makes you happy. Don't feel obliged to listen to other people and, and do what the, the herd is doing because there's no correct consensus on this. It doesn't actually matter. Um, what I will say is if you're concerned about I have too many things and I'm not using a lot of them, then count them, see how much you got, and then institute a rule. When you want a new one, you get rid of one. And that's A, it'll gen- if you've got pens, it'll generate money. If you've got pencils, you're giving stuff away. Um, sure. But if you go, okay, I've got, you know, five really nice pens. I really want that. That shiny one's really nice. Okay, which one of these five do I not want? And that might be an easy decision where you go, oh, actually, yeah, I'm kind of over this. It, it was good. I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. I'm over it. And you can swap that out. Or you might go, hmm, tough. I don't want to get rid of these five. Do I really want the this new shiny one? And I think that's a very honest conversation to have with yourself. And it can be done with everything. It can be done with pens, pencils, records cars whatever you're into it's the same idea of like do you want that endorphin rush of buying a new thing or do you actually want the thing because they're mm-hmm. different things there's you know there's different absolutely. experiences yeah and the the um the collecting impulse as well mm, absolutely um, you know I, I think that we've probably brushed through this once or twice and we maybe need to go back to it at, at some point but there's um there's an element of a slightly scary in um in the collecting and i speak as a sort of semi-collector so um you know i think one of our first episodes ever was about curation wasn't it but Mm. um i used to subscribe to the black wings um and the subscription was essentially that you got a couple of boxes of the uh, of the pencils and you got one pencil in a sort of plastic tube uh, with a speck on it, if you like. Yeah. And I, again, I'm looking right now. I'm looking at a little pencil pot that's. Got, yeah, I can see uh, mine too. I don't know, twelve or fifteen or something. Um, and I've stopped now. I I don't subscribe. Um, because I found that I was getting little pleasure in actually collecting, sort of slavishly. I've got to have every edition. Uh, and you know, people do the same with field notes. I know there are people that, um, you know, pay large sums of money to get missing missing elements from their collection and i i don't have um i don't have anything negative to say about that it's just i decided it wasn't for me um but it can get it can be a real matter of contention online people could, well, i mean everything can be a real matter of contention online I suppose, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. People get very upset they get you know oh you're charging too much or you're profiting from somebody's um uh, vulnerability i've heard said um and you know i suppose anybody in this world there's an element of the compulsive in us all and I, you know sometimes i just i get a bit tired of the the collecting impulse i just think mm, hang on uh you know i mean i've seen your pencil collection not not in in the flesh but uh online and i mean i don't really collect pencils now i'm i'm turning around again <laughs> to the collection of pencils behind you 
there's um i'll i'll uh, hold that thought for a second if there's more than three it's a right. collection I'm, I'm back so <laughs> yeah, i can hear that's a collection <laughs> um i'm just gonna try and yeah okay let's i'll put a 50 pencils yeah uh, I'm not sure how to define that other than collection. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'll, I'll put a photo on Instagram. Some point. <laughs> um, these are loose black wings. So uh, they're from when I was subscribing. Uh, they're, you know, what's left of various boxes. And I was pretty good. You know, I would give away quite a lot of, of my pencils, particularly yeah. because Claire's daughter, Molly, uh, whilst Claire is a, you wouldn't believe it from the way she wraps the stuff, but she's a bit of a Neanderthal when it comes to stationery. Um, her daughter, <laughs> her daughter is one of us, uh, and and she loves them. So I would always give her a few of the pencils. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at this, and I go through when I'm using pencils. I go through them at a pretty prodigious rate. I, yeah, I can. I'm a hard presser. Um, but you know that's going to be if I used one a fortnight which is still pretty good going i'd say isn't it yeah it's pretty good going, going through one a fortnight that's yeah i've still got a couple of years worth here oh god um, if it's one pencil a fortnight and you have a couple of years in your hand i will die before this pencil collection is even a third of the way used yeah exactly and it's um you get to that point it's as you say with with pencils you, you start giving away and i'm you know um sharing the love and yeah. you know, sometimes when I was based in the UK, it was it was quite easy because I could throw a couple of black wings into into people's orders. Yeah, surprise um, because you can't sell them online as as singles. Um, but yeah, now now that I'm here, I you know even even Margaret is now using them. That's, that's how <laughs> they're so common. They're <laughs> like, oh, I guess gotta use a black wing. Whatever. Let me pop this exclusive little tube open and bust out whatever's in here. Yeah, I'm looking at this. This is the um, this is the Calcida, um, oh, the anniversary, anniversary one? Blah, yeah. blah, blah 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 blah. You know, there's people paying hundreds for those. Right. So on the other end of the spectrum from this, uh, so there's the stuff that we we collect and curate, and and it's you want to shop your own collection and all. I have very, I think, reasonable, you know, beliefs around that. Where you know, if you're happy with it, that's fine. If you want to make a change, there are sustainable ways to do that. See, when it comes to vintage stuff, like old school pencils, old school stationery, old stuff, and like this is not expensive stuff. Most people don't want it, so you can pick it up for mm. nothing on eBay. Um, I have the complete opposite perception. It's I need this because a lot of the stuff is so disposable, so cheap, so completely waylaid by most people that unless I get it and unless I put it away it'll stop existing it'll be binned it'll be crushed it'll be put in a cupboard and then the, the box will be sold and some like I've seen people take drawers out of old bureaus and go oh old pencils now bend those and chuck them into the bin you think there are probably four or five things and like you don't care that's fine but someone does and those are fantastic little objects that have all these stories and histories and narratives wrapped up in them and they're just being chucked. And so when it comes to, to old stationery, especially old pencils, I feel obligated. It's like a foster home for waylaid graphite. I have to grab them. <laughs> I have to bring them. And don't worry, there's a safe space for you. Will can, can I can I cut into that? Yeah, TJ, please do. Just for a second. Episode title. Thank you. Carry on. <laughs> foster home for waylaid foster graphite. Foster home for waylaid graphite. <laughs> I'll write it down. 
But it's that that idea of like I can't let them go. I can't just say, yeah, it's fine. Like I've I've picked pencils up off the floor. I've found pencils. I've creeped people out because I was in a big massive charity shop and I find a pencil on a shelf and it was this amazing, really bashed up uh steel of Norris and someone had like carved the back out and written their name on it. And I took it up to the counter, I was buying a few things and I took it up and was like, Hi, uh, I want these. Also this pencil was on the shelf. Can I buy it? And they were like why what no just is it it was on the shelf like do do you just want it because we don't care it's like yes thank you very much this is actually what i wanted i bought these so i would have an excuse (laughs) excuse to come up and talk (laughs) and yeah it's a very different perspective i mean i am in the back of my head going to open a museum of analog antiquities at some stage uh, so perhaps it's just uh, stockpiling for then but I mean, there's so many amazing things that would be binned because the value of them is uh, not appreciated. And I understand that it's not for everyone, but um, there's a lot of interesting history and stories wrapped up in these things that I think should be saved and maintained, uh, which isn't necessarily appreciated by the general public. And so when I see them, it's not a rational response. It's very much a, come to me, my pencil children. (laughs) I will keep you safe. (laughs) I'll protect you from this uncaring world. <laughs> and so, I i mean, I've never shown it on YouTube, but I have tons of analog, st- like old analog stationery, uh, stuff that's uh, older than, than the two of us, um, which is beautiful, beautiful stuff and, and very much embodies a very different perception of, of tools and uh, handwriting and things like that. And, and a lot of it is even lost. I mean, like I, I don't have beautiful handwriting. I can't do nice calligraphy but i have some amazing like dip ink nibs you know so you would buy your your actual pen nibs in a box of 12 and you'd plug them into your dip quill and then write with them mm-hmm. i have boxes of those uh, because the packaging is beautiful because the design is wonderful uh, the company is notable but you know these things don't get any kind of recognition in the in the grand scheme of things so i like to give them a wee bit of wee bit of love Mm, yeah, no, I mean, I think, yes, uh, what pieces or pieces of station have been ever present? For for me, I have some pieces that I think I will keep forever. Yeah. Um, but the the rule for me is that I, I want to be using them. And yes. if I'm not using them, uh, even if that's only sporadic, then I would certainly think about moving them on, um, whether that be just send them to friends. I've, I've done that before. Um, not with Mont Blanc, mind you, but with um, <laughs> less expensive pieces. Um, and yeah, I, I do, uh, when I remind myself, I, say I, I do pull out some of some of my older fountain pens and go, yeah, this is, this is just a beautiful thing. And it's, I'm going to use it. So I'm fairly certain that as we finish this recording, I will, I will change my pens out and start using some different ones just to, just for a bit of fun. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, we we have in the Slack been discussing the Cosgrove wedding pen uh, that that has been, been going on. <laughs> I have one that I thought about. Uh huh. Um, share share that now? with the, yeah. share that with the group. Go on. Then. So I quite like the little green Coeca with a brass nib, uh, but it's the forest green color. I think it's quite apropos for the uh, the whole situation. Okay. Um, it's not terribly expensive, but it's it's no. literally going to write two signatures and then it'll go on display. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. Well, you know, it's uh, 
All right, everybody listening, all the fans of Benghazi, well, come, make sure you test the nib. Check the nib. Check the nib. Check, check, check the nib. Check for what? Uh, I won't know. I'll be like, it writes. Good. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, quality control with Kaweco can be a bit iffy. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And, and nibs, uh, they, they have nibs made by two suppliers. One is Bok and one is Yovo. Uh, they're made under a Kaweco brand. Um, you or I looking at the nibs would not be able to tell which one was a Bok and which one was a Yovo. Um, various people would have different opinions on which of those would be better. Um, but I've had it where I've sold a customer, uh, you know, one of the brass ones. So the brass version of the pen you're talking about, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The chunky one. Um, yeah, um, sold that to somebody, and they've sort of come back saying, "Yeah, it's it's lovely. It's just a bit disappointing." It's like mm, that's not the response you're looking for. Send it back to me. Let me have a look. And you know the the you get a baby's bottom, which is a <laughs> oh dear, we're going down a rabbit hole here. We won't go all the way. We'll save that for another time. But just the way that the nib is set and the way that the nib is slightly bent. Mm-hmm. makes it perform terribly and it's a horrible oh. thing to write with um and then you can make a small adjustment usually yourself i mean you can get professionals to do it for you too um and then suddenly everybody goes oh that's what it's supposed to feel like giving someone a, a decent fountain pen should be the same as giving them a black wing okay you should yeah. see that same look in the face where they go oh Ooh. wow and and you should almost always you just have to say you don't need to press so hard <laughs> and people go, oh, because, you know, everybody's used to writing with ballpoints and, and with you know, fine liners and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that, no, that's, it's a good choice. That's, again, that's, that plays to the designer background of you. Yeah. Like the, you know, the, the Cueco sport is a, uh, iconic. Is that too strong? I don't know. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's up there. The other one that's in the running is the Lamy 2000. Yeah, I have a Lamy somewhere, and I do like the Lamy 2000. Yeah, I mean, it's that, um, I mean, I think it was designed in 66 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so you just imagine like, how futuristic that was um, and how well it holds up now. Uh, and my story with the with the Lamy 2000 is I bought it because I was like, oh, it's a classic. I mean, it's an absolute classic, Stuart. Yeah, wonderful. And I bought it without having tried it and went, it's horrible, I ate it. <laughs> Um, and it was, <laughs> it was cause I, I had the wrong ink in it. Who knew? I changed the ink and suddenly went, Oh, mm. oh actually, mm, I quite like this pen. Pens are hard. Anyway, this sounds so complicated. <laughs> well, they're no harder than pencils. It's just a different code. That's mm. all it is. All collectors speaking code. Um, <laughs> anyway, even on this recording, it's showing 40 minutes. Yep. Uh, so this must be a monster of an episode now. So it remains for me to say that all stationery is going to stay with me forever. I'm not <laughs> going to give any of it up, ever. <laughs> and I've been Stu Lennon. And I've been TJ Cosgrove. Remember to make the past, the present, in the future. This was 1857.